and welcome to the Spike Bar podcast to our very first major edition uh, with the Masters preview coming up shortly. Um, before we get into the Masters, let's just quickly go over some of the news. So I am recording this on the Sunday beforehand. So the Valero Texas Open has not yet finished. Um, so it's currently through three rounds. So I will touch on briefly on that uh, towards the end just before we get into the Masters. But there's other more important news that has happened over the last couple of days. So uh, first and foremost, uh, Jennifer Kupchko, uh, congratulations to her. She won the inaugural August a national women's amateur event uh, last night a fabulous event it was some great golf to watch um, she won it by three strokes in the end over Maria Fassi from Mexico um, it was a really close well fought battle um, Fassi uh, started the front line really very well um, took a, a couple of shot leads but um, Kuchko was unbelievable down the stretch uh, finishing eagle par birdie birdie par birdie um, to win by three strokes um, I think anybody anybody in golf would love that finish at that place I think she was the first ever um, uh, first of the uh, competitors to get an eagle so she gets a crystal glass um, and uh, she just was nails throughout the throughout that final nine holes and fully justifying her place as the world's uh, top female amateur so congratulations to her I think both her and Fassi have got clear star talent so we're going to see them on the LPGA tour very very shortly and I think Fassi again is another one of these young Mexicans um, who uh, take after Lorena Ochoa um, we're going to see her an awful lot um, her and Gabby Lopez who's already on the LPGA tour doing very well um, I think they're going to be some great talent to look out for in the future so well done to both of them and just played in fantastic spirit um, plus it's also a bit of a treat to see Augusta the week before Augusta happens so uh, the Masters happens so just a really well attended great event um, uh, not before time uh, but that's a different topic uh, but just a, a great event and well done to them both uh, in particular Jennifer um, on the theme of kind of uh, uh, I suppose uh, equality diversity in the game of golf we had the Jordan Mixed Open uh, presented by Isla um, uh, over in in Europe it wasn't a European tour it was a, a mixed event that included the Ladies European Tour the Challenge Tour uh, so the, the status below the European Tour and the Stay Sure Tour which is effectively the Champions version on the European Tour and they all competed on the same golf course at the same time in the same field uh, so you had men women and the um, the veterans playing up against each other obviously from slightly different tees um, but uh, it was a great competition nonetheless and the inaugural competition was won by the Dutch guy Dan Huzig um, Dan ended up finishing a couple of shots ahead of Megan McLaren um, it was a very close event um, Megan McLaren um, through five holes of the final round was actually leading uh, Dan by five strokes but um, Dan had a very strong last 13 holes managed to claw level back by the 13th hole and then closed out with three three more birdies over the final five holes to win by two strokes I didn't get a great a chance to see much of it I did see the last few holes uh, of the event yesterday but it was just play, again I played in great spirit very interesting to see the men and the women playing on the same course and against each other and just you know well played Dan just a great great closing out uh, again similar to Jennifer Kupchko in the uh, uh, women's amateur at Augusta National just he, he finished out really strong he won that event uh, Megan McLaren's got a lot to be um, 
uh, proud of the way she played and certainly the way she uh, handled it after the event as well so well done to her as well um touching on the Valero Texas Open obviously we're through three rounds at the minute so still final round later on today uh, Siwoo Kim is leading at minus 15 or 15 under um, thanks to he finished off uh, round two with a uh, with a hole in one which is always a nice way to finish off a round uh, he leads by one stroke over the Canadian Corey Connors at 14 under and former champion and pick of Simon Byford this week Charlie Hoffman who's at 13 under after a fabulous round of 8 under uh, last night so still much to play for um, those three guys are a little bit ahead of the rest of the field so you kind of think it's going to come from one of those three unless someone has a crazy crazy good final round a um, couple of the points just to make out with so Jordan Spieth had two very good rounds first two rounds he was um, with the leaders at eight under before Siwoo Kim's um, dunk uh, uh, on the final hole to uh, to pull ahead after uh, round two but he had a crazy topsy-turvy round yesterday uh, he went out in 42 six over with a couple of double bogeys then came back like a house on fire shooting a 31 or five under 31 on the back nine um I'm, I, I don't know what to make of him I really want to back him for Augusta just given that he's so good uh, around that track but he he's got some pretty terrible golf in him at the bit um i know he's struggling with his his swing a little bit uh he actually went on the no laying up podcast which i implore you to go and listen to he's such a likable guy he infuriates me to watch on tv because i just think he takes too long and he spends too long talking to michael greller but as he talks about in the podcast with the, with the lads at no laying up he kind of talks more when he's feeling under stress, when he doesn't feel like he's got his swing, he's actually better when he plays faster. So you sort of feel for him because he's obviously fighting a little bit to, to get his swing back. Um, but he, he's got some great golf in him, but he's also got these kind of 74, 75, 76s over the weekend that just take him completely out of contention. So he, I mean, he's now seven shots back. I think he's uh, seven or eight shots back now from uh, from Siwoo Kim alongside Ricky Fowler. That's just too far back, I think, going into the final day. But yeah, again... After round two, I was like, oh, I might lump on him this week. After round three, I don't think I will. Um, never mind. In terms of our picks, um, so just at the minute, obviously the event's not finished, but Simon's looking very good uh, with Charlie Hoffman at uh, minus uh, 13 under even, sorry, um, through three rounds. I've got Lucas Glover. He's in tied for 12, so he's a few shots further back, but he's in contention. Mark, invisible golfer. Billy Horschel, miscut, unfortunately for him. And Adam Trett has Tony Finau, who's currently tied for 52nd. So I think it's between me and Simon, but I think Simon's got it with Charlie Hoffman at 13 under. And then the other, um, obviously, big event this weekend is the ANA Championship. Um, and the LPGA Tour is the first major of the season. Again, only through three rounds, but it is currently very dominated uh, by the South Koreans who have four in the top five at this stage. Uh, Jin Young Ko leads at the minute uh, at eight under par. Um, and the closest non-Korean is Danielle Kang, who's in a tide for third, three strokes back from Jin Young Ko. So, um course is playing really tough uh i know the rough they've grown the rough to sort of four inches which i know is proving you know putting a premium on uh, on accuracy off the tee so it'll be interesting to see there are some good rounds in there's been a couple of seven unders uh throughout the week so you know anybody could still come back at this and uh, there's definitely uh, an an over par round in anybody around this course if you're not just quite um singing it with the driver so 
just be interesting final day there. But uh, certainly South Koreans seem very well placed to win the first major on the LPGA Tour. Right, well, look, that brings us, most importantly, um, and I'm going to spend a fair bit of time here just going through the Masters and what to expect this week. As mentioned, so I'm recording this on the Sunday before Thursday. I actually fly out to the States today on business for a week. So um, uh, if some of the narratives or storylines or injuries occur before then, uh, apologies. But uh, I wanted to make sure I did do a podcast, obviously, in light of the first major of the season. Um, In terms of, obviously... Uh, what to expect this week um, I'm going to go through kind of some of the storylines to maybe look out for and then I'm going to kind of give you some facts and figures and things to look out for uh, over the course of the week I'm not going to talk much about the par 3 competition that's obviously a great competition but not everybody pays, plays in that I'm just really going to concentrate on the event itself and then at the end um, uh, me and the lads have kind of changed up our picks for this week we are each going to give you a winner um, but we're also going to give you an outsider as well um, to look out for this week um, just to change up our little game there so look I think going into um, this week I think kind of the biggest play is just how many and just doing some research just how many good golfers there are out there that could win this event Um, there we are really blessed with a lot of fabulous young talent uh, out there at the minute playing some great golf along with obviously some of the older players now um, who are also in some unbelievable form so we've got this great contrast um, I think for the first time in a long time a great contrast of young talent plus some kind of more wily older guys um, who are, are really playing at the peak of their powers and I think we're in for a real treat this week at Augusta um, in terms of kind of the narratives to uh, look out for, I think um, the biggest one uh, this week is obviously going to be Rory McIlroy. Um, he's obviously won the other three majors um, already and has come close here on occasion. Uh, he obviously, the most recently was last year where he was in the final pairing um, for um, with Patrick Reed before really just falling away and not doing very well and obviously everybody remembers in 2010 he was leading before the 10th hole and then went miles left on 10 and just capitulated from there so he, he has demons here but with those demons he has talent and he has history of scoring low um, shot 64 here a couple of times he's obviously in phenomenal form he seems more at peace um, than he has done for a long time. He doesn't seem to be getting so hit up, hit up about his putting. We obviously know his putting is not ideal, um, but he seems to be relatively relaxed about it, less chasing it. Naturally, that will change this week, given it is the Masters. It is the one he hasn't won, um, but uh, you know, going into this week, his form is phenomenal. Five top sixes and a win um, in his six events so far on the PGA Tour. He played well at the WGC match play as well. Um, until he played Tiger he didn't play so well on that day uh, but even still he, he just looks in great form and I, I think that will that will bode well going into this week and, and he's understandably um, the favourite at 6.5 to 1 uh, 13-2 um, going into the week um, outside of Rory there's obviously I think Rory is the defining storyline for this week I'm not sure whether he would want it that way, but there are obviously other storylines that, that are out there that we need to be aware of. Now, naturally, Tiger Woods, um, just given his popularity, um, uh, you know, he's he's 
he's the center of golf isn't he i don't think there's any two ways about it um already this season okay he's not necessarily had the sort of results that he did this time last year um, but he's even better this year in strokes gain tee to green uh, he struggled a little bit on the greens with his putting although we saw some improvements on that um, at the WGC um, I think for him the, the key will be look he, he knows that place like the back of the hands but will the driver behave I think this time last year at the Masters he was still swinging at 8,000 miles an hour it was really I think post-Masters that he began to have that more uh, let's say more controlled driver swing where he was able to keep the ball in play he feels very comfortable around here um, but look I don't think we can get away from the fact the last time he won was in 2005. That's 14 years ago. Um, he was 32nd last year, albeit okay, he was the first time back from injury, but he's not won here for 14 years. That's an awfully long time, even with somewhat of Tiger's mental strength and, and great game. But um, no doubt a lot of people will be uh, lumping hard on him to, uh, to have a good week. Um, in terms of others to look out, out for in terms of storylines, obviously, again, this guy's seems to again fall under the radar in fairness that's due to a bit of form but that's Brooks Kepka. Um so Brooks has won three of the last six majors and he's had top 15 finishes I think in the last 12 majors that he's played so he he's a big game hunter no two ways about it didn't play obviously in the in the Masters last year because he was still out with his wrist injury um, and as I mentioned he's sort of been in very indifferent form this year he, he came very close at the Honda Classic a couple of uh, weeks back with um, that Keith Mitchell won uh, he and Ricky were one, just one shot back um, in, in tied for second but outside of that he's just really not done a great deal and he didn't do a great deal at WC match play um, although I will caveat you can't really look at the WGC match play as too much of a too much of a form guide for the Masters just such a different form of golf um, but but I think the one thing you can't discount with him is just how good he is in the majors his, his best ever finish at um, Augusta is 11th which was a couple of years ago um, so he, he obviously feels comfortable around this place and played well here beforehand but um, I think if he wins if he wins here I think he's got to be the big storyline in golf I think if he manages to get a win here at, uh, at Augusta this week um, and then the final main one uh, is Jordan Spieth. Um, Jordan, I mean, his track record at Augusta is beyond reproach through four appearances. He has a win, two seconds, a third, and a tied 11th. Sorry, five appearances. So he's had five appearances, four of which have been in the top three, and the other one's been a tie, a tie for 11th. Um, he absolutely loves this place. He's a strategic thinker. Um, he strategically plots his way around the golf course he obviously loves Augusta it suits his eye it suits his concentration levels everything everything about his game that is good is why he plays well here the challenge that I see with him is obviously he's just struggling with his swing right now he feels he's not far away um, as I touched on earlier when, when he talked in the No Laying Up podcast um, earlier this week but it, it, even still it would be fascinating to see how he does um, obviously his best performance last year 
um, throughout the whole year was at the Masters where he's put a stunning 69, uh, 63 sorry, on the final round to come within two of chasing down um, Patrick Reed. bearing in mind he was starting the day nine shots back so um, it, he can play this course we know he can play this course it'd just be fascinating to see what sort of form he does turn up in and just see what he can do um, if he can eliminate those kind of 74, 75s over the weekend he's going to be there there's no two ways about it he just plays too well around this place um, but let's see how he does it'll be a fascinating kind of um, mental challenge for him uh, I think over the next week just to see how we how he gets on and look I, I mean they're probably the four biggest storylines or the four biggest people to really look out for this week and I've not even mentioned uh, Ricky Fowler in his form last year and he's playing quite well already this season John Rahm DJ the most underrated player in golf for me Justin Rose whose form around here is unbelievable and Justin Thomas so those are 10 players in themselves. And again, I've not even talked about Bryson, Tommy Fleetwood, or last year's defending champion, Patrick Reed. So there's just so many, so many different ways we could look at this week. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal week. But but for me, the big four storylines are Rory, Tiger, Brooks, and Jordan. What are those boys going to do this week? Um, in terms of some kind of facts and figures that I thought were intriguing, that I heard, I've heard over the last week that, that I thought might be of interesting to you. So in terms of, um, first-time winners at the Masters. Um, first-time winners at the Masters tend to win on average in their third or fourth appearance. Um, so uh, the amount of winners that have won in either their third or fourth appearance at the Masters, I think it was nine each. Um, and so just to give you some names who are on their third appearance, you've got John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay and Tyrrell Hatton. Um, so some fascinating names there. I think Rahm, Fleetwood and DeChambeau would definitely be top of my list. I think Cantlay and Hatton perhaps less so. But there is a gentleman who's having his fourth appearance here who might be very interesting for a lot of people. And um, we'll talk about him a bit more again later, and that's Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka um, didn't obviously play last year, which would have been his fourth appearance. So this year will be his fourth appearance. Uh, so... And his, if you look at his finishes, he progressively gets better year on year. I think it was 38th and 28th and then 11th um, over his appearances. So he's obviously getting more and more comfortable. We know he's got the firepower here. So it'd be interesting to see how he does. Um, and in terms of some of the scoring averages... And these guys have all got a minimum of 25 rounds. There are a couple of interesting names here. Here are the top five who've got the lowest scoring averages around uh, around Augusta. So Tiger obviously leads 70.9. Then you've got Phil at 71.3. And then this name jumped out to me, Jason Day, 71.6. He actually had two top three finishes in his first couple of starts here. He's always done pretty well. Uh, he's missed the cut a couple of times, but he's always done pretty well as a general rule around Augusta. And he's, again, another one. He's a little bit under the radar. I think he's out there in the odds at something like 30 to 1. Uh, but a 71.6 scoring average around Augusta is phenomenal. And then you've got Rory at 71.6 as well. And then Justin Rose at 71.7. So um, yeah, I was just quite... When I saw all these stats earlier in the week, I thought, wow, Jason Day. Yeah, I, I don't really remember him. I do remember him a few years back, obviously, when he first got here. Um, but him at 71.6 scoring average that's definitely something to be aware of going into this week um, and in terms of kind of defining holes so uh, over the course of history if you want to 
uh, you know, indulge yourself with facts, you must go to uh, the Masters website because it's unbelievable. Um, and I think kind of everybody knows these, but the kind of four defining holes, um, the two hardest holes are 10 and 11, and they're playing an average of 0.3 shots over par each. And then the two easiest holes are the par fives, 13 and 15, which are averaging 0.2 shots under par. Um, so, uh, you know, those four holes, that back nine, again, you know, amen corner, the start of amen corner, start and end of amen corner are fundamental for those who are going to have success around this place. Um, and the front nine does play slightly easier than the back nine. The average on the front nine is 36.9 strokes and on the back nine, 37.2. Um, so uh, you're making making advantages or certainly taking advantage of the par five is going to be fundamental, although not necessarily um, lead to success. You had, uh, I think DJ the other year had four eagles over the week uh, on the par fives, but yet didn't win. Um, and again, he's a bit of a phenomenon why he hasn't, one here I know he obviously fell down the stairs this time last year when he was in the form of his life um, going into the event but uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do this week um, in terms of scores kind of what to look out for uh, where they're winning um, if you kind of do some prop bets so the highest ever score to win uh, was Zach Johnson uh, one over par back in 2007 I don't think we'll see that this week I, I know the weather the weather's supposed to be a little bit indifferent towards the back end of the week I think Thursday Saturday is supposed to be nice uh, nice and sunny um, but Friday and Sunday there are I mean I think the weather's still going to be good there's not going to be much wind about the whole week but it will be wet on Friday and Sunday so for me that is again leaning itself heavily towards maybe some of the bombers uh, some of those if it does get I know they've obviously got the under under soil um, systems to to obviously keep the fairways and the greens running hard but again it might favour the likes of Rory and DJ and the longer hitters to uh, to do very well. Um, the lowest ever score to win here was obviously shot by both Tiger in 97 and Spieth uh, a few years ago in 2015. And that was uh, two, um, 270, 18 under par. Um, the average tends to be 12 under um, over the last 10 years. I kind of looked at the stats over the last 10 years and the average score tends to be 12 under par or 276 total. So look, that just gives you some insight and some facts and figures just behind you know what makes a masters champion what you need to be looking out for over the weekend um in terms of the betting so i've touched on it a little bit earlier so you've got rory leading at 13 to 2 and then dj at 10 to 1 and then you've got tiger and rose at 14 to 1 and then the young guns spieth fowler jt and ram all at 18 to 1 molinari out on his own at 22 to 1 and then you're 25 to 1 you've got kepka bryson casey fleetwood and then 30 to 1 jason day 33 to 1 bubba and 40 to 1 philly mick so champions this week picks this week i am going to go for uh, so i'm going to do the winners for all of us and then i'm going to give you all our outsiders so the winner for me this week i'm going with someone who has yet to win a major done pretty well so far in this event finished fourth last year in 2018 he is the most emotional player in the world of golf, and that is John Rahm. John Rahm at eighteen to one. I think for me, he he's a great he's a great player. He's going to win a major. There's no two ways about it. I think he's just so talented. If he can keep a lid on his emotions, he tends to turn up to the big events. He played obviously very well here last year. Hits the ball miles. The weather conditions will suit him, um, and I like him at eighteen to one. 
Uh, I think he's got everything that you could need short game long game putting he's aggressive um sometimes too aggressive uh, but i just i really like his game and 18 to 1 i think he's a great pick uh, for me i'm really looking forward to seeing how he does this week i could have gone in so many different ways um i did actually want to go with somebody that one of the other gents went with later on i'll give you that in a second um, but I mean, you could go anywhere here, but I think Ram. I think we're gonna have a new winner this year, and I think Ram eighteen to one is good. Um, in terms of Mark, so Mark, the invisible golfer, Mark has gone with the hot major hand, and that's Brooks Kepka at twenty-five to one. Again, a great pick. I like that um, pick. He's. Uh, you know, best finish here is obviously 11th as I touched on earlier which was a couple of years ago he's won 3 of the last 6 majors he's had top 15s in his last 12 majors he's a big game hunter uh, so 25 to 1 I think that was a great pick from, from Mark not quite as good as the next pick which is the one I originally wanted um, and so Adam Adam Trett has gone with Justin Rose at 14 to 1 I love Justin Rose as a golfer anyway, and I love him at Augusta. Um, you know, he's come second twice here, um, once to Sergio and once to Zach Johnson uh, previously. Uh, he's had six top 10 finishes, if I remember rightly, as well. He just, he loves this place. He's always super strategic. He looks, always looks in control of his golf swing. He hits the ball far. I think for him, just as it is with Rory, it's about the putting. If he can make a couple extra putts, he's going to be there. There's no two ways. I think he's probably the best. If you want an each-way bet, the best each-way bet you'll get this week is Justin Rose. I think he's just a class, class act anyway, and he's brilliant around Augusta, and he's proven it year on, year out. I don't see why he won't do it now. Um, So that's a great pick by Adam there. And then finally, Simon. Simon's gone for the popularity pick, and that's Tiger Woods at 14 to 1. Uh, I love this pick. I love this pick because it's the one that kind of all of us secretly want. Um, obviously, Tiger has four wins around uh, Augusta, the last one being in 2005. He was 32nd last year, but I don't think we should read too much into that. T's a green, he's in phenomenal form. Uh, or, sorry, certainly approach to green, he's in phenomenal form. I think f- for him, again, we've touched on Rose and McElroy. Is the putter going to behave? He's obviously been seeing Justin Thomas's putting coach, uh, Matt Killen, uh, over the recent months. That was leaked out there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, seemed to putt a little bit better at the WGC, so will that continue? And the other thing is, can he behave? Can the driver behave? If the driver behaves, um, and doesn't need to behave perfectly, but if it behaves well enough and doesn't put him in horrendous positions, and he just, again, sinks a couple of putts, he's definitely going to be there because he's too good. And he knows every nook and cranny around Augusta. Him and Phil are lights ahead in terms of not local knowledge i say lights ahead uh freddie couples is light years ahead of everybody else um in terms of that but uh, a great pick 14 to 1 love it so we've got some really interesting picks they've got a couple well it's actually three first timers in ram kepka and rose and then simon's gone for the popularity pick mr woods and then in terms of our outsiders so how it's going to work this week we're going to have two points each for whoever is um whoever's top out of our winners uh, and and then a bonus point each for whoever finishes top out of our kind of more outsider picks. So outsiders for us were anybody who was kind of I said fifty to one and over. Um, 
we had a little bit of a cheater there, but we, we let it slide. On appeal, we let it slide because we were looking at different different betting websites. But uh, uh, yeah, point each for the best finish out of these outsiders. So for me, I'm going with, again, another controversial pick. I've gone for the controversy um, uh, duo here. I've gone for Matt Kuchar, two-time winner already this year, um, fallen out with one caddy. I've fallen out with pretty much the whole of golf Twitter, social media through some of his antics, both with his caddy L2 can and with Sergio at the uh, WGC a couple of weeks ago. But at 50 to 1, that's some great odds. Um, and for a man who's had four top 10 finishes here over the years uh, and is in the form of his life, um, play, always plays well around Augusta. He's so steady. He's a bit like... He's a bit like... Uh, uh, a less dynamic version of Justin Rose for me in terms of just he's so steady he's always there or thereabouts he's just obviously not got all the firepower and and quite the skills of of Justin but he's so solid he's so solid Um, in terms of Mark Invisible Golfer he's gone with Kevin Kisner the hot hand obviously winner of the WGC he's at 66 to 1 again love Kevin Kisner legend local boy lives uh, not that far away Big Georgia Bulldog fan. Um, I think he. I think he lives some like half an hour away from Augusta. At sixty-six to one, he obviously won the WGC match play. He's in some good form. Um, his best ever finish though here at Augusta has been tied for twenty-eighth. So I'm not sure this track suits him. He's just that much shorter than everybody else. But I mean, what a putter! Uh, he's an unbelievable putter. So, look, if the weather gets a bit dicey, um, which I don't think it looks like it will do, he is going to need a phenomenal week to win it. But at sixty-six to one, he's not a bad outside odd. I do like it. Um, Adam has gone for the longest odds and for again on a great popularity pick here. He's gone for Eddie Pepperell, one hundred twenty-five to one. Eddie's making his debut here at the Masters. What a legend! Every, I mean, he's a must-follow on social media, must-read of his blog. Just someone you have to root for. Really nice guy, sarcastic, knows his place in the world. He's just great at golf. He's ha- he's enjoying every second of it. I'm sure he'll enjoy every second of the Masters performance this week. And look, he's in some decent forms. 125 to one. Uh, yeah, he did all right. Obviously, at the players came third there at the players a few weeks ago. So he's settling into uh, to life on the PGA Tour out in the states. So let's see how he copes. It's going to be very hot for him. Um, so we'll see how he copes with that heat and that mugginess at the back end of the week. And then finally, Simon. Simon had the controversial outsider pick. He's gone with last year's winner, Patrick Reed, at 45 to 1. He did find odds of Patrick at 66, I think, to 1, which is why we've controversially allowed it. Um, look, Patrick obviously won the event last year. Uh, his best result before then was tied 22nd. He had a couple of miscuts in five appearances as well. So his history didn't lend itself to him being a winner at this place, but he obviously learnt how to cut the ball last year, which helped him out. Uh, he played very well. He's not in very good form. Uh, at the minute, I think that's fair to say he's not been in very good form for the last six months. And Simon's uh, some of Simon's reasons for picking him was I wanted to pick him so that he wouldn't win, which I kind of like that false logic. Um, so uh, yeah, Simon's outsider picks Patrick Reed. So again, the outsider picks me, Kucha, uh, Mark, Kevin Kisner, Adam, Eddie Pepperell, and Simon Patrick Reed. So look, there you have it. I don't. I think the the one thing we can safely say about this week it is going to be an unbelievable week of golf Uh, it's going to be a brilliant week of golf enjoy it Um, I'm going to watch the first round 
in the US and then I'm flying back and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday I will be dealing with my jet lag in front of Sky Sport. I cannot wait. Here's to John Rahm winning his first one, continuing the Spike Bar's success on the picks, hopefully. Enjoy it and I'll catch up with you next week. Cheers for now. Thank you.